Hello everybody, I am Lucia Matuonto and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Hello and welcome back to the Relatable Voice podcast. Today, the RV is headed to Denver, Colorado to speak with Robert Case, also known as J.R.W. Case. Robert is an author and his book, Cycling Through Columbine, is out now. So, Robert, welcome. I'm very happy to be in Colorado today. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on your show, Lucia. And and I'm glad that you're here. I'm wondering, too, do you remember Columbine at all? Were you in the U.S. at that point in your life? Yes, I was there. And I remember the day was April 20th. And before we start talking about it, I would like to know something that I'm curious about. You refer to yourself as a trophy husband. And now even my husband and I have been debating who is the trophy husband and the trophy wife between the two of us. So what do you mean by that? It's a small joke that I share with my wife, who enjoys working much more than I do, enjoys working full time much more than I do. This kind of writing on on my schedule, it's just so different from that lifestyle. And because she's working, she continues to work full time to this right now, this afternoon, she's at work, keeping the uh, the benefits going. And one of which is medical insurance coverage. Mm-hmm. I get to, I get to coattail on the, uh, on her insurance coverage because she's still out there doing the work and enjoying it. So she says, and, and that's how I get to call myself the trophy husband. I got it. So we have a lot to discuss today. But first, Robert, I wanted to know how long have you been cycling for? And what got you interested in long distance cycling trips? Mm-hmm. I have only been cycling for about the last 10 years. It, I was not riding at all the whole time I was working. I was a part-time, or excuse me, not a part-time. I used to practice law in Jefferson County here, here in Colorado. And um, during all that, for physical exercise, I, I would go jogging uh, with friends. Uh, but I didn't even own a bicycle at that time. It wasn't until really stopped having that uh, work jogging uh, experience that I that I started looking for other ways to stay fit and healthy. And I got well, I started talking to some friends that I knew uh, in the community, and and a good friend of mine, one of the guys I went on that long distance tour with, uh, said, you know, you could rediscover the bicycle and and you know come out riding with me sometime. 
So it's pretty much friends, friends and other accomplices that got me into it. Yeah, it's so good. For me, cycling is more than a sport. It is a lifestyle. I use my bike to go everywhere here where I live. I even buy groceries with it. <laughs> so what does cycling mean to you exactly? It means that you cannot buy help, as you said. It's something that just revitalizes me when I do it. You can't buy happiness, but you can buy a bicycle. Yeah. And for me, that's one of the things I want to be able to kind of a memory or a legacy. I want to be able to pass on to my grandchildren that, oh, yeah, mm -hmm. I remember Robert. He's the guy that rode his bike across the country. You know, I, I want to be that guy. Mm -hmm. For me, it gives a sense of freedom. Have you done any long distance trips? We did once. I think we did like, I don't know. 30 miles a day. You know, for me, the, the ride that I write about in the book, it started five years ago. And at that point, I, I needed to buy a touring bicycle. A new, I had to get a new bike for the, for the trip. And I, and I did. I did the research, talked to the right people to get myself started. And I, and I rode, I rode uh, like I say, across the U.S., in two separate summers, that first summer in 2017, and then the following summer, 2018. I, that's when I completed it. And each segment, it took about five weeks. And this book, Cycling Through Columbine, it's only the story of the Western half. It only, you know, takes you as far as I had to get off the train or the mm -hmm. journey because life uh, got in the way or showed me the, the direction that I needed to be in, showed me what my priorities were. So uh, I went back the following year to finish, and I'm so glad that I did. I'm also glad that I took a journal and that I made entries in it, because the entries in that journal became the chapters of the book that I was able to write when I finally did get home. So all those things, it just all came together, and the timing was just... It could not have been better. 2017, 2018, I'm, this is right before COVID. And I would have been shut down completely if, you know, I tried to ride during COVID. But as it was, I got both segments out of the way. COVID hits. And what else am I going to do except take a couple years to ride it? And that's mm -hmm. what's happened. And that was the way it happened. And it, it was just that, you know, the window of opportunity opening in time for me to step through it and I had to I had to find a way and the energy to do that and uh, it was just a very good uh, several several years and for that get the book written and then have the good fortune to go out and and find a publisher and uh, I, I'm quite pleased with the relationship that I have with Larry Smith, the editor at Bottom Dog Press, the, the independent the, uh, press that I found to publish the book, it was willing to take a chance on it. I, that was here I am, a, an unknown author that's uh, way past 50, and, uh, and I find a publisher for the manuscript. And it was because he believed in it, and he believed in me. And I'm just pleased with the relationship we've got now and where it's going. So, 
That's awesome. Congratulations. Your book is entitled Cycling Through Columbine. And you asked me if I remembered about this episode. And April 20th, 1999 is a date that we will never forget. So can you tell us what your book is about and what inspired you to share this story? Yes, I'd be happy to. One of the one of the reasons why I, I wanted to incorporate my little piece of the Columbine story or my family's piece of the Columbine story um, was because it kept coming back. Uh, I kept getting reminded of it all through the trip, the, the bicycle trip. And the reminders uh, kept kept coming because I, uh, I had so many, unre- I still do have so many unresolved memories and, and emotional ties to that event. And it, specifically, I, I knew one of the boys who died in the library that day. He was only 16 and um, he was killed by a classmate that didn't even know him. But of course, it was horrible, but it was so unexpected on top of that. It, and and that it, that's ideal with all those with all those ideas and issues in the book. And they're still they're still with me. And that's what I wanted to convey in uh, in writing the book. I so much want my own grandchildren to be able to raise their children in a place that is safe and stable and their lives are predictable enough that they don't have to worry about going to a restaurant or going to a theater, going to a grocery store or uh, into a bar without fear of being shot at by uh, an angry, disenfranchised young man with a weapon of war, an AR-15. And I, I have to ask you, did, have you, do you, you must have heard about the, the recent shooting here in Colorado yeah. down at Club Q. It was only like a week since the Colorado exactly. Springs shooting happened. What you said, Robert, is something very powerful when you said that I want my grandchildren to be able to raise their children in safe and stable communities. So what do you hope your readers will take away from reading your book? And is it a message of hope? Thank you. I think so, too. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a hero's journey kind of story, but it is based on the power of hope. And that is such a strong motivator, and and I do have hope. I would. That's that's such a driving force in my own motivation for writing the book, and and so much of it is tied into family and safety and their my children's happiness, their ability to pursue happiness at some when the time is right for them. As far as the readers taking away, I want so much for this. Well, to be a bit of a, a, a tipping point, if it, if it can be a, a, a tipping point in history where a majority of people in this country, and when I say this country, I mean in the U.S., the voters of the U.S. get to a point where they will insist on their elected leaders 
who will take a stand, a political stand on how to deal with this problem. And I believe it's going to take voices like mine and the power of word that's found in these books, and not just me alone. I'm not going to be able to do it alone. And I, but I certainly want to be one of the one of the movers, one of the influencers out there, trying to be heard. I want people to care enough about the danger that uh, the the threat that these weapons pose, and to elect and to be willing to elect politicians, insist that their politicians understand the issue and are willing to fix it because they're the ones with the ability to do that. I also think there's an awareness too that that you will get from the book that uh, it needs to these changes. Uh, yes, there's so much noise that happens at the federal level about the Second Amendment and the federal has to be the one to move first, but I don't think so. I think it's up to individual states. Every individual state can take their stand. And they're not, I don't expect them all to be the same. In fact, I'd be, in fact, I'd be surprised if all the, every single state came up with the same solution. Everyone represents a different region of the country. They're going to have, they're going to have to find their own remedy and implement it and enforce it among their own communities. What life lessons has this cross-country adventure taught you? I learned so much from unexpected trail angels that I encountered along the way. Kind-hearted people who took one look at me pedaling down the highway, and one man in particular up in North Dakota that uh, insisted that uh, we stop and chat for a while because he had to decide whether or not he was going to invite me over to his house to stay for dinner. But he had to check check me out first to make sure that I, was, I wasn't uh, a crazy guy and that I could tell a good story. So we sat and talked and he called up his wife and said, hey, uh, he's this guy, I got a good storyteller in my office. Can I bring him over for dinner and maybe have him camp out in the backyard? And that's pretty much what happened. It was an amazing, an amazing expression of hospitality on the, on not just on his part and also his whole family's part. It would be a, a, a good way to spend the evening for all of them. And that wasn't such an isolated event. Uh-huh. There were many times that the kindness of strangers would reach out to me and make the trip so much more comfortable, so much more enjoyable. Yeah, and these experiences are forever. I think we we never forget this, this kind of generosity and love that we receive along the way from people that we've never seen before. Yes. And your book was nominated for a Pushcard Prize in Literature. Congratulations again. Thank you. And the winner will be announced next May. How does that make you feel? It makes me feel so pleased to be on this path. And it was it was uh, such an affirmation that uh, I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing to hear that uh, it had been nominated. That's a great. There was a oh such a such a powerful motivator to get started on that second half of the book. Mm-hmm. And have you always 
wanted to be a writer? Yes, I have. I can take it off as far back as uh, my, I remember for a high school graduation present, my parents, they didn't give me a gun for a graduation present. Of course not. They got me a typewriter. It was this portable electric Smith Corona typewriter. And I I treasured that thing. Of course, they were expecting me all along that this is a typewriter is to get good, good grades with. But what they didn't know, what or but maybe I didn't even know to all that clearly was that uh, it had already done its work, that type, that gift of a typewriter firing my imagination. I was just graduating from high school, about to go out to college. I'd take my first college English class and, you know, right away, I'd go buy a journal, probably my first journal. Yeah. I've had so many since then. And uh, and that typewriter kind of just, it just stands out as, you know, beginning my writing journey. And I, I've been writing uh, all my life in one form or another. And I've always been a reader too. I've just, uh, that's, the two have gone hand in hand for me. That's amazing because it happened to me the same thing. I I wanted to have a typewriter those times, but it was kind of expensive for me to buy that. And my grandma gave me. So, Robert, are you currently working on anything new you would like to share with us? Yes. Uh, the new piece is the eastern half of the bicycle journey, of course. And I need to, the one that finished the ride across the U.S., I have to complete that part of the manuscript. And, and it's not, I shouldn't say that, uh, but it's not part of the same manuscript. It's, it's its own standalone book. Okay. And uh, it needs to be, it needs to come to completion. Another piece I'd like to talk about, though, as far as something I am working on, I have a YouTube channel out there. It's, uh, and the name of the, my link is Robert at JRW Case. And it's it's very much at a, at a basic stage right now. I, I want to build it up, and I want to build it up with videos such as videos like the one we're creating today. And so it, it's very much at its infancy for me, from my perspective, but I, I'm working towards being in a place where I can encourage readers and listeners to come to the uh, my YouTube channel and, uh, and join in this conversation. It's bigger than just the topic of guns. It's the topic of how best to emancipate our children. And you, uh, you talked about it just a few minutes ago about how important it is to emancipate them well and how what a profound gift it was for you to receive that typewriter and what it was like a, a gift of wings and those are the, that's what we really want that metaphor is such a powerful one when it comes to raising children into strong and healthy adults and i think that the gift that my parents were able to give me that typewriter you know, it did, it shaped my life in ways they never in, knew or never expected. And but uh, th those are the kind of things, uh, the, the right gift at the right event, given the, you know, for the right reason, can really make a strong difference. I want to be able to talk about that kind of 
and how to emancipate children well uh, on my YouTube channel and have an open discussion about it. And I know part of that discussion has to be why guns are not good ideas for emancipation gifts, that they instill fear and in a, in a, in a young person. It's something you would maybe defend your private property with, but it's not something that you're going to spread your wings and fly away into your own life with. But, you know, it would just weigh you down. It would be awkward. It would get in the way in more ways than I can imagine. Okay. I think bicycles at this point in time are, are a great low-tech alternative guns as far as, you know, if you're looking for to give your child for a graduation gift. That's the discussion I want to give. I want to start on my YouTube channel or I want to carry on. And and I think this is, you, you have, you've, you've given me a good practice form for the topic right here. I'm playing with it right now in my head. Your work is precious. This is so important. So you really need to start this YouTube uh, you started already, or are you going to start? It's it's up and running. Okay, you can well, find me at Robert at JRWKs. Okay, I will be uh, uh, putting all your links on our episode, and also you'll be featured on our magazine in January, so our listeners will be able to learn a little bit more about you. And Robert, is there a message you would like to leave our listeners today? We are coming up to the holiday season. I would encourage your listeners to get a copy of the book for themselves. Wow. They can order it at their favorite independent bookstore or the usual online platforms. Uh, it's it's out there, all, you can find it all over the country. I'm asking for your help in, in bringing this book to certainly the US and even globally, I'm fine with that too. Uh, and that is my, uh, my ask of your listeners to help me, with, to help me in that effort. Uh, it's, I think it's, it's possible to not, we won't end gun violence uh, in my lifetime, but we can certainly slow it down. And that's my goal. And that's and you can help by buying and reading this, buying and reading my book and sharing it with your friends. Thank you so much for writing this book. Can you share all your contacts with us now? Yes, yes. I have a Twitter account. It's the same as the YouTube account. And there's an Instagram uh, at BicyclePoet at JRW Case. And I also have a, uh, a website. It's, uh, not a, not, uh, it's not as active as I hope, as, a, as I want it to be. It's, uh, it's very much a work in progress like the YouTube channel, but that is, it's Robert at BicyclePoet.com. Great. Robert, thank you very much for your time, for bringing hope and spreading the word about your book. Thank you for having me on your show, Lucia. I've enjoyed it so much. 
If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening and remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.